I'm speaking on press on toward the goal. Njogera ku chetuita fuba okutuka awakanira. Toward the goal. I, I may not. Is, no, I'm, I just say what I'm saying. Press on toward the goal. Fuba okutuka kuchirubirira. Yeah. Yes, tell your neighbor, press on toward the goal. Uh, nice to see you, Sister Esther. I know you went through some things, but I want to tell you tonight, press on, my sister. Press on. Amen. That's just all I have to say tonight. We are going to read from the Amplified Version. And, and, and uh, see. Uh, from verse 7. I will just read it directly and my brother will interpret directly for me here. Amen. But whatever former things were gained to me uh, that were gained hey, to me as I thought then these things once regarded as advancements in merit. I have come to consider as loss. Absolutely worthless. For the sake of Christ. And the purpose which he has given my life. So there is a purpose which God has given our life. Before we came to Christ, before we came to the message, we had things we thought were gain. We had things which we thought were of value. We regarded them as advancements in merit. But then Paul here to the Philippians, he writes to them and he, he gives a testimony. And I trust it can be our testimony tonight, each of us. I have come to consider those things as loss. Absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ. So, meaning Christ is greater than all the things that you thought were of value. If you, be, if you believe Jesus Christ, but there is something of value more than him, then you've not yet believed on, on him perfectly. You should come to that level of your life where everything else is worthless for the sake of Christ. Christo. And this purpose which he has given in your life. When you believe Jesus, you receive a new purpose. I see Sister Docas tonight. Sister Docas, you wanted to be a nun. I don't know whether you still remember that. She wanted to be a nun. And she even went there. How long did you study? 
one year. So this was a nun in making. But one day the message came her way. And she put all that behind her. Everything became worthless for the treasure she had found. I believe every believer should be that way. Why is it hard for people to believe a Christian life? Because many when they come to Christ They still do not treasure him They don't see him as a treasure They see him as an option They see him as a something good in their life But they have other things that are important But for me when I received this message I accepted Christ in my heart Everything else became worthless Everything became worthless. He is the only thing of value. Everything else comes after. Praise God. Praise God. I have a hierarchy in my life. Number one. Jesus Christ. That one is number one. My wife cannot take that place. My children cannot take that place. Nobody can take that place. Jesus Christ takes the first priority. Number one. My relationship with him. Number two. My wife. My mother can't even take that place. My wife is number two after Christ. Not even my children. She's number two. Why? Because Brother Branham tells us that is the second best thing after salvation. So if you are married, your spouse must be number two. If you value something more than that, which is not Christ, you have a problem in your marriage and you need counseling. But I believe all of you who are married here number one God number two your wife your husband and then number three can be your children your family and, 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 and then everything else comes after. For me, number four is ministry. Ah, pastor, you mean you put your family and your wife above ministry? Ministry is not salvation. Christ is number one. But Christ is not ministry. You find very many pastors and preachers. They lose their family in the process of doing ministry. I believe that ministry cannot replace family. And family cannot replace ministry. has their place. Before I go to preach, before I go for a missionary trip. I have to make sure that my wife and my children have something to eat. Even if I come here on the pulpit and I'm preaching a very good sermon, if I had 
if I had displeased my wife at home and uh, you know slapped all my children before I am really wasting time because I have not been good at home. What does the scripture say? Can you go with me to the book of 1 Timothy? This is not even part of what I wanted to preach about. But somehow that verse brought it. So let us go through that. Chapter, chapter 3. It says, this is a true saying. If a man desires the, uh, the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless the husband of one wife. So you see a bishop or a pastor cannot have more than one wife. He must have one wife. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, able to teach. Not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, or filthy lacquer, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruleth well his own house. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. And then he says, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? And so he's a deacon also. And so he's a deacon, same thing, same qualifications. You see, he says, if a man does not know how to rule his own house, if he does not know how to put his house in order. How can he take care of the church of the living God? He even says in some other place, if a man cannot you know, uh, 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 take care of his home. He is worse than an infidel. Meaning he's not a believer. So you see, it's not only for a believer, for a preacher rather, it's for every brother, every man. You must be able to take care of your family. You must be able to love them. You must be able to cherish them. And, and, and so that's the same way God. God is our father. Amen. He takes us as priority. And he wants to take care of us. He wants to nourish us. He loves us beyond anything else. He loves us even more than angels. He loves us more than heaven. Heaven. He left heaven and he came down to the earth. How could he do that if heaven was more important to him than us? You are more important to God than heaven is. You are more important to God than all angels combined are. When the angels sinned, God just looked at them and he said, you God never come back. But when man 
sin God at himself come down Yakawansi. to redeem fallen man that shows you how important you are to God God loves family family to God is priority and that is why if your family is broken in any way God is more willing to help you put it together than you are willing praise God and, and, and so you, you men who are not married you women who are not yet married God is interested in you having family because God is a family man can you say amen to that God is a family man God is not a bachelor <laughs> God is not a bachelor. God is a married man. And I am his wife. The church is his wife. The Bible says he's the head. And we, the church, are the body. So God is a married man. And he has children too. We are his children. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We are his wife. We are his children. He's our husband. He's our father. So is everything to us. We are everything to him. <laughs> what a relationship. What a connection. And we have a goal. Our goal is to go and be with him. The goal of any married is to go and be with a husband. The, the God that the church has is to go and be with the Lord. Oh, our hearts are longing to be with the Lord. That is our goal. Our goal is not to be millionaires. Although that is good. Our goal is not to, to wear all the clothes in the world. Although that is good. Our goal is not to be to have masters and uh, PhDs and everything, every education, educational level. Although we should. But our goal as the church of Jesus Christ is the rapture, is the coming of the Lord. They are seeking after it in Africa. They are seeking after it in Africa. They are seeking after it in America. Amen. Our sister, when you, you go and meet the believers, the other side, you will find that they are seeking after that. Amen. In Canada, they are seeking after that. In New Zealand, they are seeking after that. All over the world, the body of Jesus Christ has a longing to be with the Lord. Everything else comes next. But first, that grand reunion. And this entire message, the purpose of this message is to bring the bride into connection with the bridegroom. For that goal to be accomplished. That goal cannot be accomplished under the denominational doctrine. It cannot be completed under Catholicism. It cannot, listen, it can't be completed under theology. God had to send a prophet. He said in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. 
When he begins to sound the mystery, the mystery, what mystery? Not only the mystery of Christ, but the mystery of the bridegroom and, and the bride. The mystery of that union will be finished. Hallelujah. Amen. When you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about that relationship between Jesus and his church. Read Song of Solomon. It's all about that relationship. Read about the book of Esther. It's all about that relationship. Read Ruth. Same thing. Go to the New Testament. The whole thing is talking about two people. Jesus and you. Jesus and I. Hallelujah. I cannot wait to be perfectly joined with him. And Paul says, I may not have fully been, I may not have fully achieved that goal, but I'm pressing I'm continuing on. I am not going to give up. I am not going to let go. I'm going to continue pressing until I'm fully united with him. Hallelujah. Let us not let anything deter us or discourage us. We must be fully united with him. We must, amen, the church must become one with the Lord Jesus. Nothing can stop it. Amen. Paul said, what can separate me from the love of Jesus? The Bible is all about love. If you want or you love a love story, this is a love story. It is between you and Jesus. It is between me and Jesus. This is a love letter. And that's why he said the prophet, the way people who are in love, they send messengers to go and say and take a letter. Oh, take this letter to that girl. Just don't make sure you don't open it. Tell her I love her. And then he brings that letter. This one is just a messenger. But the, the real thing is about him and her. Those are in love. Those are coming into unity. And in the same way, when God sends a messenger, the messenger is only a messenger with a letter. His message is a letter. And we have received a letter. Amen. Uniting us with Jesus Christ. Whenever we read in the message, whenever we hear the message, what do we see? We see more about ourselves. And we see more about Him. It is a two-way. You know, when 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 you are writing writing a letter to your love. Oh, these days it is WhatsApp. Eh? Oh, those ones of this generation you are missing out. Oh my God. Amen. You are really missing out. But uh, for us, we, are, we do not have 
WhatsApp. You were using letters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember that letter I wrote. <laughs> you know to Rebecca. Before we got married. We were still you know, you know, jumpy, jumpy. Looking at one another in a distance. And then I, you know, I had to get a very clean paper. And I had to, you know, make sure it, you know, it will depict my heart properly. And I had to get a very good pen. And I started writing. My dear heart. And, and you know, I started continuing. You know, I, I continued. I remember some of those words even today. So I remember what I put in there. I was speaking about myself but first I spoke about her how you know she hits my heart <laughs> how I love her you know it was a two thing you know I'll tell her about what I, I see about her I praise her you know I, I show her how much I'm affectionate towards her I tell her what is in my mind about her I tell her and I ask her questions about her. And then I tell her about myself. And then I tell her things about her. It's, it is a sweet thing, friends. And because of that, we were married. In March 23rd, on March 23rd, 2013, and we have been married since. And the love story is continuing to be sweeter and sweeter. And I mean it, sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> Now my daughter is going to go back at home and she will tell me, Daddy, you say sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> and that's the truth. But do you know what? Jesus is the same way. He's the same way. Whenever you open the pages of the word of God, he tells you about yourself. Even things you did not know about yourself. You find them there. And then he begins to tell you about himself. He reveals himself to you. And then he reveals you to yourself. This is what this entire message is. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ and his bride. Hallelujah! Thank God for this message. That is why we must not allow anything to deter us, to stop us, to make us lose our zeal. We must not let anything come nothing should come in the way of this union we must be united with him we must love him no matter what if you want to know that love is powerful come between two people who, lo who are loving each other I, you will know that love is a powerful thing and I want to tell you the same thing Jesus loves you. And let the devil try to come in between. He will know that this cord that binds us with Christ is so unbreakable. 
is so powerful it cannot be measured with anything else. Oh, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Whether you are poor, you will love him. Whether you are, you don't have what you need, you will love him. Because you know he cares about you. And you know he will provide for you. And you know he is fixing something. Something for you. Hallelujah. I remember one time my wife was telling me about what she was going through. And I told her, don't you worry. Soon you'll be my wife. And I'll bring you to my home. And my home will be your home. And you'll do whatever you want. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There's something Jesus has told us. And he's telling us today, don't you worry about what you are going through. Soon and very soon. I'm going to come and take you to my home. And my home will be your home. And your joy shall be full. Therefore, press on. Press on. Don't let anything deter you from achieving that goal. The devil will not stop us, friends. We must be focused on that goal. We must be focused on the calling which we have received. Praise God. Brother Sam, I hope you don't get to miss things here now. Oh my. Listen. We are on going, going to verse 8. But more than that, so you're saying it's not only it's not only for the sake of Christ and the purpose for which he has given my life. But more than that. More than that. Yes. I count everything as loss. Compared to the priceless privilege. A privilege that is priceless. What is a privilege? Is it, what about a blessing? <laughs> Find a better word very soon. Okay. I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege. Mm-hmm. And supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. There is an, you cannot be the same like those people who don't know Christ. You are at an advantage. You are higher than them. We are not like them. Right now, when everybody says, oh, the economy is not doing well. You should be at a place that you are at an advantage. At an advantage. If you are not, then you can be today. By faith. You are at an advantage of knowing Christ Jesus. And of growing more deeply. 
and thoroughly acquainted with him a joy unequaled for his sake I have lost everything and I consider it all garbage so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him believing and relying on him not having any righteousness of my own derived from my obedience to the law and its rituals but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ Jesus. Listen friends, your righteousness should be genuine. It should not be coming from obeying the law. It should come from the faith in Christ. Your righteousness should be on the basis of faith. What did Abraham do? Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. What did my wife do? My wife believed everything I told her. And I counted her worthy for my, being my wife. So in the same way Jesus Christ wants to count us worthy. Not because we have done not, not on the basis of our good works which we have done. But on the basis of believing on everything he has said to us. Are you hearing me? And this so that I may know him. Experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him. Understanding the remarkable wonders of his person. Understanding all the wonders about him. More completely. And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection. Then, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a power in his resurrection that we as his church need to experience. How do we experience that power? By oh glory God. He rose again from the dead. How many believe that say amen? He rose again from the dead. The devil cannot, the devil believes that and the devil knows it. But the devil has never experienced that power that rose, rose him up from the dead. But the church must experience the power of his resurrection. Whereby things that are wrong in our life can be totally changed. Hallelujah. You may not have arrived but I'm telling you you press on you have to reach that place where you have to experience the power of his resurrection whereby you can stand and say this has changed that has changed that has changed this one I'm still struggling 
But I am not giving up. I am not giving up. Like the other one went. And the other one went. Even this one must go. I must reach that place. Where I must say. I have experienced. The power of his resurrection. Oh hallelujah. Which overflows. And is active in believers. The power of his resurrection. Praise God. Which overflows and is active in believers. That I may share the fellowship of his sufferings. By being continually conformed inwardly in his likeness even. Even to his death. Dying as he did. So we must also experience that. The fellowship of his suffering. That does not mean suffering. No. It means we must experience we must we must okay I'm going to explain it in a way you will understand us understand it. We must experience we must be in fellowship with his suffering. What was the climax of his suffering? It was death. Are you following me? Now, you do not have to be beaten like he was beaten. Because he was beaten. The Bible says, by, your, by his stripes you are healed. Out of his stripes we receive healing. But we have to be in fellowship of, with his suffering. And that can only be attained by the death that he went through. Because he died, you have to Apostle Paul says, I die daily. We have to die daily. We have to die to our lust. We have to die to the flesh. We have to die in our minds. Completely die and rot. And then we can aim and resurrect. Amen. Praise God. Not that I have already obtained it. This goal of being Christ-like. Oh, have already been made perfect. Paul is saying, I've not already obtained this goal of being totally like Christ. Not that I have already been made perfect. But I actively press on I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet. But one thing I do, I am forgetting what lies behind and I am reaching forward 
forward to what lies ahead. Hallelujah. Paul is showing us here how to overcome. Paul is showing us here how to press on. How do you press on? Not by saying I'm perfect now. You are not going to be perfect in one day. But I told you one time here. Even you are you, you, you are you know uh, 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 um, what is this word that I we used last time? Who remembers that word? Like a prize. Oh, nga impeda obe chirabo. Yes, a trophy of his grace. I'm not saying, oh yes. I've already attained it. I'm perfect. I am I'm here. All the demons, we always want to say, all the demons are under me. Yeah. But Paul is saying, I'm not saying that. In reality, it is not what is here. But it's showing, it's showing us how to attain it. And, and before I continue here, I'm showing you that we are a trophy of his grace. You know, a trophy is attained only after victory. The one who runs the race. Or the one who fights the battle. Is the one who gets the trophy later on. And when he gets the trophy. The trophy shows. He's victorious. Are you following me? No one can debate with him. When David went. When David. When Saul told David to go and kill the, the, the Philistines, and that whoever does that, I don't know how many heads did he want. Was it 100? He said, When you do that, when you kill them, you can take my wife, my, 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 my daughter, rather. I'll give you my daughter. He thought that David would be able to do it. But David was a type of Christ. David went and he fought with the, those people and he killed them and he cut off their head put it in the sacks and carried it. Trophies of his victory. And he brought it over to the king. He says, open and see. The man couldn't add any more words. He just said, my daughter is there, you can take her. Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. In the same way, he came down here on earth. He took the devil and he finished him. He finished him. I said he finished him. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what was the, what proved that he is finished? Because when he finished the devil, we are the ones that he had to show for it. You did not get it yet. We are the ones 
that he has to show for it. Because if he had not come, if he had not died, we would have still been in sin. Actually, we would have died. But he died in our state. So, which devil did he defeat? He defeated death. And after he defeated death, he came to us. Hallelujah. Amen. And he pointed to us. And he said, You are the reason. You are the proof that I'm a victor. Because you are still alive, it shows I'm a victor. Because you are still alive, it shows I'm a conqueror. And I'm telling you, we are not dying anytime soon. Because Jesus died in our state. He died that we might have life. He died that we might be victorious. Therefore, whether the devil likes it or not, we must come to into perfection. Perfection must come. If we can't come there, it will come to us. But I must be perfect. I must be in the image of Christ. The flesh must die. My desires must die. My mind must die. Christ must be born in me. And he says, press on. You may not have attained it. But it shows you how to press on. Praise God. He says, actively press on. That you will take, even if you have not, he says, listen, I'll read here. Not that I have, I've, I've obtained this goal. But I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And how do you press on? He says by forgetting those things which are behind. The first thing you must do, church. Some of you, listen, listen. Some of you are still living defeated life. Depends which area of your life. It, it might be your financial life. Some of you may be struggling to uh, get married. Others you may be starting to get jobs. Others you're struggling with this and that. Breakthrough in your home. Now, now let me tell you. Some of these struggles are because of one reason. That we don't put the past behind us. When you come to Jesus Christ, none of what you did None of what you did, if it is repented, none of it matters. He doesn't even remember. He said, I wish I did not do this and that and that. And that. You know, because now I see people are good, but for me, I, may I know myself. I'm one of the worst. And that's the reason why you are still defeated. You need to take that, all that you know, and put it behind you. Paul said, I take every, he says, I consider. I I, he says, listen, brothers and sisters, he says, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet. 
But one thing I do. Tell your neighbor one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind. Slap your neighbor and tell them forget. Tell them forget again. Forget brother. Forget sister. Whatever pain you have gone through forget. Whatever suffering you have gone through forget. Sister you were just told recently forget. Forget every pain. Forget every suffering. Forget all the disappointment. Forget all the heartbreaks. Forget everything you have gone through. In the name of Jesus Christ. Forget it all. Forget your sin. Forget your bad life. Forget your bad soul. Put it behind you. Now get ready to reach for what is ahead of you. He says I forget what lies behind and I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. There is much more ahead. I say there is much more ahead. God has prepared for us things we can't see now. Things we can't feel now. My, 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 my. I'm having a good time up here. Oh my, don't you feel it? Hallelujah. God has prepared for us great things. Brother Wanga, do you believe? God has prepared for you. God has prepared for you. God has prepared for each and every one of you. Great things. Even to you that is streaming. God has prepared for you. Hallelujah. Great things. The Bible says you don't even know what it is. You have no idea about it. But I can tell you it is great. It is mighty. Just press Forward. Press on. Press on. No matter what brought you down. No matter your bad feelings in the past. Oh, press on. And he said, I, I, I go forward. I'm reaching. I am reaching forward to what lies behind. I, I my, 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 my. You know, reaching forward. You know, when something is ahead of you, you are reaching forward to catch it. But you've not yet caught it. But you're about to catch it. I want to say, Brother Solomon, Solomon, what is that that you want to cast? Praise God. Take it from my preaching. I'm no longer preaching now. God is speaking to you. You either receive it or not. You either receive it or not. I, don't, I want people who shall receive it tonight. People who shall catch it tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the real Pentecost. We are the real Pentecostals. Pentecostals are people of the Spirit. They believe what the Holy Ghost can do. They believe what God can do. Not what the devil has done. Reach for, forward to it. Reach and catch it. Reach and catch it. Take your hand out. And catch it. And catch it. And catch it. Hallelujah. Oh my, I can feel it in my spirit. God is doing something in our generation, in our lives. No matter what the devil has done in our past. Amen. I'm reaching forward to what God has prepared for me. 
There must be something. There must be something. He did not send me a love letter. Intending to leave me here in sin. No, 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 no. He must be preparing. He must be preparing. To come down here. And take me out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rebecca was there. And each time she was waiting for me. Each time she was waiting for me. I was very busy preparing for her. I was also very busy preparing for her. I was thinking about her. And because I was busy preparing for her, I didn't call her that much. But guess what? She would call me. She would call me. And say, What is happening there? You are quiet. And I would say, Oh, yes. I'm preparing for you to come. That's why the bride should not be quiet. We should pray. We should fast. We should come in his presence. We should hey Jesus. What is happening on this case? What is happening about this? And then he will tell us. When we call on him, he will answer back. When we pray, he will talk to us. But if we don't, he will be quiet. That's why a believer must be in touch with him. When you are walking, be in touch with him. When you are at home, be in touch with him. When you are in, oh, wherever you are, pray, talk to him, connect with him, have some time alone with God in prayer, agonizing, praying to him, speaking to him. Lord, what about this? What about what? And he will speak back to you. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear them from heaven and I will answer. Oh! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, Sister Luanga, are you enjoying that? Do you believe that? My, 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 my. I said we have a goal. We have a goal. To be like Christ. To go in the rapture. To finally get to go and meet him in the rapture. To live as overcomers in this world. We must not settle for anything less. If, listen, listen. If you have not overcome some things. For example, we are in Africa. We are in Uganda. Uganda. We have a common problem. Lack of resources. Lack of money. You know, people, and, but before I talk about that, I'll tell you this. Many times, when people get money, they go away from God. Many times, it is sin. When people get money, they go out from God. Laodicea is one of the richest generations. Uh, but you see, they've done too little for God. And, and so the more resources people get, the more they forget God. Because sometimes they think it is a good thing to be poor. But I don't want to be poor. Because when I get money, I will use it to serve God. What about you? Will you serve God? If he blesses you, you are quiet. Only a few of you saying amen. Do you fear money? Some of you fear money. Let me tell you, in Africa here, some people fear. You give someone 50,000, 
Some of them may not sleep. Let us be realistic, Sister Dokas. If I gave you 50 million today, would you sleep? <laughs> you said the truth. <laughs> Some of you can't sleep. <laughs> you will decide to be a, you, you decide to be a guard on your house. To make sure that no one comes to steal your money. Some of you only have 20,000. You put it in your pocket. And you keep touching there. To make sure it is there. And you want God to give you one million. You must have big faith. Big faith doesn't look to small things. You must, big faith will show you a vision. Of what God wants you to be. Our, your vision will not be money. Your vision will not be money. That, oh God, my vision, I want to get this much money. No! Your vision will be what you want to accomplish. Your goal. What is your goal? God looks at that. Hmm. God looks at that. I see people, believers who are very rich. Believers who are very rich. But you will see they have done so much for God. So which means God, God, God saw their goal. Their objective. And he blessed them. So if you are here and you want to be blessed financially. First, I'm giving you now a clue. First check your objective. Your your motive, your desire, your goal. If you see it is not Christ, you are not among those ones that God is about to bless financially. You are not, a, you are not among them. Until your vision, goal, objective, motive is aligned with that of God. Now, if you, you check yourself and you notice your objective, your goal, your motive, what is it? Oh, we are preaching that our goal is, is to go in the rapture. Our goal is to, to serve God. Our goal is to do things for God. Our goal. Everything else doesn't matter. That is our goal. It should consume us. Whatever we do should be under that. But our main goal is that. If God sees that that is your goal. Oh, take me at my worst tonight. God wants to bless you financially. And he will. The devil can't stop it. He wants us to live as overcomers. We, are we have the God, the God of Abraham. Abraham was not a poor man. Job was not a poor man. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Oh, Sister Esther. Sister Esther. This is the time when God gives you a word. Now. You see, if your objective and your goal and your vision is aligned properly, whatever they stole from you is peanuts compared to what God is preparing for you. Just get ready. Do you, do you remember that woman who, you know, the prophet told, go and bring whatever you can bring. Go out, bring all the jerkins. Bring you everything. 
Elisha Elisa was the prophet and the prophet of God told that woman Come on now. Kati. He said, go Genda. and fetch whatever you can o, find. And you know she was poor. Bambi she didn't mwana. have enough. And when she went out, she borrowed. Wrote as much as she could break according to her strength. And whatever she brought, the prophet of God filled with oil and told her, now go and sell. Where did that business come from? from God. That's what God is going to do for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, you can think about me what you want to think about me. But I believe when God speaks, he has to accomplish what he has said. Hallelujah. God wants us to be overcomers. Not mm. defeated. To take, he wants to, you know, uh, to take our, our place. He wants us to take our place. As sons and daughters of God. And live above the world. He doesn't want us to live in sin. So if you are living in sin, listen to me. God is will for you to live above that sin. So don't focus on that thing. Put it behind you. Look forward. There's something there. You can catch it by faith. No matter what comes before us. If we know our goal. We will not give up. Right? We will keep pressing on. We will settle. We will not settle for less. Hi! Brother Edson, we will not settle for less. We will not. Do I have someone here who will repeat with me? We will not settle for less. We will not settle for less. Our goal is the rapture. We, we need to know we cannot go there alone. The very last one must come in first. Whatever we do, whatever we do, we will be to further that goal of the rapture. If we are collecting money for the church, to buy land and to build a church it is to father the rapture to help the rapture come quickly right if we are going for missionary work it is for that goal if we are preparing youth meetings what is the goal what is the purpose to father the rapture because when the young people come in they will be prepared by the ministry which will come they will preach to them those with, without the Holy Ghost, they will receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those who need God to move in their lives in a certain way, God will move. For what God? To Father. To bring about the rapture. If we are printing books and distributing tracts, Brother Marvin, you've done that. Samuel and uh, uh, Samson and Solomon and others, you've done that. For what goal? To what end? For the rapture. That is our goal. That, I said that's our goal. That's why we intentionally do certain things in a certain way. That's why we, we, we get we marry our young people. When they are young, 
so that Aono. we don't want them to concentrate on the body feelings and this and that. That is nothing. It is for the world. We want them to focus on the rapture. To focus on the goal. If, if you are married, you become more stable. I remember my brother here who is also my son in the Lord. Brother Alina. He was beginning to go sideways. And I was praying for him. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Give him a wife. Stabilize him. And now he's becoming stable. Because of a family. God is a family man. In your mind as a young person. Think about settling down. In that area of your life and then you focus on the God. Praise God. Praise God. That's why we regularly come to church. That is why we, we believe in working. We encourage working. Not being lazy. Because if you are lazy, you, don't, you cannot focus on the God. Everything Everything that we do, it should help us to keep straight, our eyes straight on the goal. Are you hearing me now? Our prophet says this. I've often wondered what does Christians want to frustrate themselves with the things anyhow? Men and women comes to me many times and says in their confessions and so forth when I have I have those in private interviews and they meet me and move, make confessions of living immoral and all kinds. And because they can't deny the Holy Spirit is right there. And if they cover, if they have to cover it up, it brings it right out for them. So they might as well tell it. If they get to try get out, the Holy Spirit stops them, say just a minute, here is certain and that has happened even in our church here. Where people would try to deny things and the Holy Spirit would point it out. So when they come, they begin to tell me about the little things of the world. And I notice it is among us believers. You are going somewhere. What are you drifting for? Get some ambition about you. Set your goal on Christ. And quit telling with the world. Amen. That is our goal. We should set our goal on Christ. And we should quit telling with the world. Being pushed here and there and there. And you must test your motive and objective. First, and uh, find the will of God. And then find your objective. And then test your motive. And see if your motive is right. And then as Jesus said in Mark 11. If you say to this mountain. That is if your objective is right. Your motive is right. And your goal. If you say to this mountain. Be moved. And don't doubt in your heart. But as long as you got doubt in the heart, whether it's the will of God or not, or your motive or objective is wrong, how is it going to move? 
and your objective is right. But when you know what your motive is right, and it's the will of God, and your objective is right, it has got to move. Are you hearing me? Oh God, Katonda. I, I want to contribute to the Churchland Fund. God will ask you how much. If I bless you, how much will you give? Uh, one million. And then God will bless you with 500,000. Because he knows even if he gives you 50 million, you will not give the one million. First of all, you limited God. You very well know we need about 300 million. And then you, you are saying, God, I'll give one million. What is your motive? So if you, if you promise God one million in Churchland Fund and he gives you 50, where, where, 50 million, where would you put the 49? It is even likely you may not pay tithe. You will say that's a lot of money. I'm challenging you tonight. I'm teaching you how to be blessed. But if you want God to bless you, don't just say it on your heart, on your mouth. Mean it in your heart. Pray about it. Your motive is right. Your objective is right. Oh God, if you bless me, I'm surely going to give a substantive amount towards the, 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 the church project of building the church. I'm going to send, uh, I'm going to send missionaries into the field. I'm going to do this for your work. I'm going to if God sees that heart, ah, he will say, even if you've not prayed that much, but he sees the motive, the objective, he will bless you with the money. And then someone who has been fasting and praying for 50 days and nights, he will say, God is not fair. I prayed a lot. I fasted a lot. The question is, what is your motive? And objective. What is your goal? Many times we put our goal down to the things of the earth. We think about ourselves. Our belly. Our family. Our this. But we take God last. To the extent that many believers don't even pay time. So then how can God bless you? How can he open his windows? If your motive and objective is not to father his kingdom. But here he tells us. This is the prophet of God speaking this. He says if your objective is right. And your motive is right. Then don't doubt. Just tell that mountain. Mountain. Be moved. He says it will move. It will move. 
it will move. Are those my words now? Are those my words? It's the word of the prophet. It will move. The mountain will move. Tell your neighbor the mountain will move. The mountain will move. Stand up on your feet with me tonight. The mountain must move. The mountain will move. And if it doesn't move, you know what to do. Press on. Press on towards the goal. And the mountain must move. If your motive and objective is right. Hallelujah. Praise God. God wants to bless us. God wants to, 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 to lift us to those realms of, of faith where thing, things that are impossible are made possible. But we must believe him. Our objective should be right. Brother Peter, if you can do that song, Set Your Wings on a Wings of... Do you know the song? Set Your Wings on a Wings of Faith. Uh, Brother Marvin, I don't know if you can get those words for us on the screen. I would appreciate it so much that the people can sing it with me. It says that there are two roads that you may take. One by sight and one by faith. One by faith. One by sight and another by faith. Take the word of God. Oh, what you see. What you believe. Is what will be. Did you hear that? What you believe. Is what will be. Oh, praise God. Oh, my. Let us try to sing it together. If you have never sung it, we'll just try to sing it slowly. And then it has a powerful, powerful message in there. There are two roads you may take One by sight and one by faith Take the word of God What you see What you believe Is what will be Set your wings on the wings of faith Set your wings To the winds of faith You can fly in a higher place Do not struggle is by grace Set your wings On the winds of faith Listen to this now Watch your knees What's your cry? What's your mountain? March to high. Speak the word of God. And by and by, it will move. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, you will fly. Oh, yes. Sing with me now. Set your wings. 
higher place. Do not struggle. Do not struggle. It's by grace. It's by grace. Set your wings. Hallelujah. To the wings of faith. Listen to these words now. Watch the eagle in the sky. He does not struggle. He does not strive. Hallelujah. For the power that makes him
If your heart is right, when you speak, the mountain will move. If the mountain does not move, <laughs> don't worry. God will give you wings to fly over the mountain. But one of the two will have to happen. What I'm saying to you, church, is that your problem will go away. And if it doesn't go away, God will give you grace to go through it. Because it's a, a present God. Just press on. Press on. Don't let anything detire you. Lord Jesus. We just thank you for the evening uh, word which we have received tonight. We appreciate you, Lord, for your love towards us. And now we ask that your grace will cover us. Teach us, Father, to believe in you. Forgive us for our sins, Lord. Just cleanse and make us whole. May we be pleasing to you, Father. That everything we do, oh God, will be pleasing to you. We ask your blessings upon the people, Father. Even as they are going to go to their homes. Be with them, Lord. Take them through their troubles. Let them go through their troubles by faith. Hmm. press on. No matter what it is, let them press on Father. Nothing will deter us. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. Oh, let us be like Paul who said, nothing will separate me from the love of God. Sister, nothing should separate you. Nothing should separate you. Keep the faith. Oh, keep the faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Do not doubt God. He is so faithful. He cannot and will not fail you, my brother. He will lead you through. Just keep trusting him. Keep pressing on. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father, bless the givers that are going to give now. Lord, whoever will give of their substance, ask that you will open doors for them. Those with nothing to give, Lord, may you bless them too. That they will be able to serve you with their substance. Help our hearts to be tuned to you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Is it the Lord good? Amen. He is wonderful. Let us sing that. Isn't he wonderful? Wonderful. Everybody now. Isn't Jesus my Lord? Wonderful. Eyes of sin. Eyes of sin. Years of heart was spoken in God's word. Isn't Jesus my Lord? Wonder, sing wonderful. 